Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. My name is Mamadou Balde, and I'm your host. This podcast has two objectives. To provide a platform for minority professionals to share their inspiring stories and to inspire minority students to believe that their options are unlimited and that they can be whoever they desire to be. I hope this podcast ignites that fire inside of you and pushes you to strive to be the best you. On this podcast, I will be bringing minority guests from a variety of professions, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship, law, business, etc., who will be sharing their journey to where they are today with you. I hope that these stories will inspire you to believe that whatever your goal or your dream is, you can do it too. So definitely uh, thank you for this opportunity for joining and, and being, uh, being one of your guests on the podcast, man, doing some excellent things with what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, man. Definitely. That means a lot. And I know you've been busy. Uh, that's why you haven't been able to come earlier. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's just been a hectic, hectic uh, fourth quarter here of the year. So uh, my apologies on my end, but definitely glad no. to be here today, man. <laughs> no, no worries, bro. No worries. <laughs> I, I know it's crazy. Right now, every company just trying to close the books and the books are not closing well. <laughs> right, right, right. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Yeah. I wonder when they're going to stop and say, okay, this is not going to close. Let's just... <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Hopefully, hopefully this next year will, will be, you know, better as far as like things that's been going on this year. But hoping this next year for companies and just people in general that it'll, it'll be uh, something to look forward to. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Man, let's let's jump right into it. I know this has been a very crazy year, mm-hmm. 2020. I'm sure it's the worst year for us, like us young people. We never seen something like this. Absolutely. Uh, this is a once in a century uh, kind of kind of year, and we've been we've been uh, we've been tested, right? I know we've been definitely tested all of us around the world. And uh, one thing that we have been forced to do is to really figure out the things that we care about and stuff like that. Yeah. How are you doing and your family, first of all? Like, how, how is everybody doing? Yes, man, definitely. Man, family is doing pretty well. Um, we, we've, like, yeah, j- similar to everyone else, we've just been coping with this thing of, you know, COVID and just everything that's been happening here in 2020. Uh, just being, uh, first of all, a man of God, but also like just checking in on my family and making sure they're, they're doing well and, and, and my friends and making sure that, you know, they need anything, I'm there to, to help them with, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, a lot, unfortunately this year has really opened up a lives and, 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 and kind of taught us to love the people that's around you. So uh, everything's going well, man. I can't complain. Family's pretty healthy. Uh, but, you know, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, my family's doing well, my friend, friends are doing well, the people that around us are doing well. So uh, it's definitely been a crazy year, but uh, everything's going well so far, man. I can't complain too much at all. That's powerful, <laughs> bro. That's powerful. And I've been reflecting on that. I know uh, in the beginning of the, of the year, everybody were excited, like this is going to be the best decades in their li- of their life, right? And mm-hmm. starting in January when Kobe died and everything started crumbling and just falling apart. I mean, we started seeing, okay, this is the worst year of our life. But one thing that I also started reflecting on is that sometimes in order to have the best time of your life, you need to be able to, to identify who you are, to relearn who you are, to have, like, to, to, to have some kind of 
to learn from some kind of darkness, to just be able to ready for everything that you need to do to come uh, to, to, to thrive in that right. near future. I think 2020 has really allowed us to learn who we are, right? The things that we care about. And I think that's a strong foundation we can build on to really thrive in the next nine years. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, to, to allude to everything that you said, you've, you know, people have found themselves in 2020 uh, and, and, you know, it's been kind of this dark spot with 2020, how everything shaped up and happened. But I think the biggest goal and, and what you mentioned to is just learning who we are, learning to, you know, love the people that's around you, care for them, reach out to people. And, you know, life is too short. So it's, it's something where, you know, you know, a lot of people have lost loved ones and things like that. It's just, it's something real out here that every person, you know, obviously we're waking up now. And so 2020 was a wake up year, but I definitely, you know, foresee that we took a lot of learning lessons from 2020 at the same time so <laughs> definitely definitely mm -hmm. man definitely i know you are at accenture right now uh how long have you been there yeah so i joined accenture august of 2019 so i've been with accenture for about a year and three months three or four months now so uh excited to join uh, such a, a great firm like accenture great people uh a lot of great areas to learn uh, and work with different industries and things like that so excited to start my career off uh after undergrad with uh, a firm like accenture that's amazing that's amazing man that's amazing yeah what's your job consist of right now i saw that you were an analyst yeah, so recently uh, I was an analyst and I just got promoted to senior analyst, but uh, pretty much what my job consists of is, um, you know, obviously learning the firm, learning how Accenture sells, learning how Accenture works for different clients to, uh, um, you know, bring in that business and also that technology integration and, and how to mend those two together. And so uh, pretty much from a day-to-day -day standpoint, my job is to help uh, the clients that we serve, uh, you know, solve their issues. You know, I try to explain consulting to to parent my parents who, you know, don't really know what Accenture does. And it's like, we're, we're the doctors, um, you know, we're the subject matter experts and, and we're the ones that, you know, the patients are the clients basically, you know, yes, so we're yes. trying to like advise them create with them, them uh, solve whatever issues, uh, you know, detail out roadmaps that where they trying to move to um, help companies become more sustainable during a time like, you know, specifically like COVID right now yeah. in 2020, but also in the future for future type of, uh, you know, uh, type of th events happening in the future. So pretty much day to day, like I said, I do analysis, I do pretty much uh, data visualization, you know, so working with tools like Excel, Microsoft PowerPoint, uh, Power BI, uh, Tableau, uh, and also doing some backend work with, you know, uh, defining user stories, alerts and KPIs for our, uh, our clients to kind of embed that within a dashboard frame using like uh, tools like the ones I mentioned, like Power BI and Tableau. So a lot of data analysis, a lot of data infrastructure uh, uh, and, and also the, 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 the other skills as far as like just communicating like communicating being That's able to yeah it's, it's a huge one it's a huge one like yeah. I had to pick up on really fast like being able to interpret to interpret you know whatever I analyze into a presentation style where uh, my audience audience which is the clients can effectively understand you know what what I'm trying to portray what is the overall story of what I'm trying to to, to get at so that, that's pretty much my day-to-day -day job. And I have a few other things that I'm involved with at Accenture. Uh, 
I am the, uh, recently I was the inclusion and diversity lead for the consultant development program for Houston. And so uh, me and one of my co-leads, uh, we ran the program from an IND perspective. So big in inclusion and diversity. And now I currently sit uh, in the role of uh, PMO, so operations, so running this consultant development program specifically in Houston um, and, and communicating with the CDP, which is about 300 analysts in Houston, specifically for Accenture. That's powerful. That, that, that's <laughs> powerful, bro. And I know right now, uh, definitely one of the one of the most amazing thing about consulting jobs is the fact that you're going to be uh, you're going to be exposed to so many different companies, right, which comes with different troubles, right? Because every company has their own trouble and you just get uh, de get developed in a way where you can see many issues and find a way to identify these issues and solve them in different ways. Right. How, how has that helped you like develop? Yeah, man. So pretty much what you said, I, I think one of the major things that, uh, that I like about consulting and, and probably one of the main reasons I joined a consulting firm versus going into an industry job specifically was the exposure to different industries. So uh, mm. a lot of times, like, you know, if I'm working in supply chain specifically, and this is just an example, supply chain and procurement, those type of things are scaled across different industries. So you may be in a different industry where they operate differently, but those same skills, those same type of like processes can be scaled across different industries. And I think consulting exposes you to, you know, healthcare, to, to, oil and gas to to consumer goods and services to financial services and things like that so being able to soak that all in is just you know it helps my resume specifically it helps me build a set of skills where i've experienced working in certain industries where i can you know once i decide to uh you know work on these type of projects like i'll be exposed i'll have the experience i'll be ready to go i can understand that baseline of like how that industry operates and i think that's one of the a huge skill just because you know accenture works with so many clients, so many clients Definitely. across different industries. And, and, and those, those are some critical skills, that experience piece and being able to articulate that across different cross-functional industries is, is, is a major key. And, and one of the, the main reasons, like I said, advantage of why I joined Accenture and, and did consulting because of that, that experience. Uh, where were you born? Yeah, so man, I was born and raised here in the U.S., um, born in uh, Arkansas. So Little Rock, Arkansas is my hometown. I grew up in East Little Rock, which is kind of like a small town, small area within Little yeah. Rock. Um, predominantly, you know, just Blacks, predominantly African Americans in that area. Uh, it's like I want to say two hours and 30 minutes away from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, uh, where I attended school. But um, yeah, Little Rock, small town, man. It's it's smaller than Memphis. Uh, definitely love that place. Love the people there. Love, you know, just that environment of definitely. growing up in Arkansas. <laughs> definitely. Did you play football? Yeah, man. I played football, <laughs> basketball, track. I mean, big, big into sports. I'm a huge sports fan, uh, a huge, you know, football fan. I, I follow the Steelers and, and, and college football. Obviously, I watch the Razorbacks and things like that. So, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Would you say that uh, education was a privilege or an expectation uh, in your household growing up? Yeah, man, it was, I would, I would say it was an expectation, man. It was one of those things just, you know, uh, my, my family did a, a really good job and my parents, I, I salute them every day to just how they molded me, you know, you know, playing sports, but also academically and just growing up to be the young man that I am today. I give all the credit towards them. And so, um, the expectations were pretty high 
And I, I think that my parents laid that foundation to me as a kid growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas. And, you know, and, you know, heavily, you know, sometimes a lot of individuals who may look like us don't really experience both their parents being in the same household. And so um, I'm one of those oddballs that, that actually had my parents there as I grew up and, and kind of mm-hmm. learned from them. And, and they took me under their wing. You know, obviously it wasn't it wasn't easy, but. I salute my parents all the time, mom and dad, to just have both of those co-parents in the house uh, to, 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 young, to, to raise a young African-American male uh, through all the times that we've been through as, as, as African-Americans in general. So salute to them, man. And, and like I said, the expectations were, you know, they taught me how to grind. They taught me how to Definitely. just, you know, whatever I do. Yeah. And whatever I do, academics, school, football, like, you know, with the sports family, just, just grind it out and, and, and be perseverance and always keep God first. And I salute them for that. That's real, bro. That's real. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> Definitely. Man. How did they, how did they manage to make sure that you, you understand the true definition of a student athlete, not just being a great athlete, but also being able to have that student factor. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, man. My, my parents stressed it a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, growing up as a kid, especially like an African American male, you you thinking like, man, I'm trying to play on TV. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the next Kobe Bryant, LeBron yep. James. I'm trying to be the next Terrell Owens. Whatever, whatever it is, you you saw these iconic figures on TV, so that's what you were. And my dad sat me down one day, and he was like, you know, son, look at look at these statistics. I'm I'm not sure what the statistics were at that time, but he was like, look how many African American males actually get drafted. Look how many African American males, you know, actually make it or, or males in general. It's just a competitive field, you know, when it comes to sports and, and actually making it. And so, you know, he was like, in order for you to provide a living for yourself, to provide, you know, to make sure that you're sustainable in life, that you don't have to worry, like, this is the expectations and this is what a student athlete being that student first and, and grinding in a, and, and grinding in school, because if you don't learn that foundation up front, then once you make it, you lost it. You know, you, you lost that foundation of being a student. And so really commend my dad and my mom for, you know, stressing that, making sure that I was in my books. They allocated the resources of putting me in different programs, different bridge programs growing up. Whereas as a kid, you think like, man, I'm wasting my time. Like I'd rather be in the gym, but I, I really appreciate them for actually, you know, putting their money into me and using those resources in order to allocate me to different diversity bridge programs, um, you know, and to mentorship programs, give me the help and resources that I need to be successful. Because it's one thing to hear from them all the time, but to see other individuals who, who who's going through the same route and also who's been through it, it's just a different perspective that you get. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. Yeah. And the fact that your father did that, Mm-hmm. he just it was real to you and, and even the fact that you had that opportunity uh that's that's i mean that's a blessing that's a blessing yeah. and you, you brought up a great point i feel like that's one of our biggest uh disabilities in the inner cities for many kids is the fact that many do not have that uh father figure right yeah. yes sometimes we find that father figure in our coaches right who, who mm-hmm. coaches us who spend time with us but they have to coach 100 uh students Right. They do not have time to just sit you down and tell you that. Sometimes they get some students where they can tell that, but it's not everyone. Right. 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 And that's so true, man. That's so true. And, and 
it's, it's that fine line of finding those individuals who are, you know, specifically looking out for the best of you in your life, you know, actually doing this because they actually want to see you succeed. Not only did my father do that, but several individuals that, you know, I, I reached out to that I kind of built that relationship and bond to, they were able to take me under their wing and kind of like, they went through the experience. They already went through it. So they, they're, they're basically giving me the God book and the playbook to kind of like, okay, this is how you manipulate. Don't make the same errors and mistakes that I did. Even to my father, like just saying, I made this mistake, son. I don't want you to make it. And this is why explaining to me to that, explaining that to me at a young age was so powerful, man. You just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I know you talked about, I know you went to the University of Arkansas for university. Uh-huh. I was going to ask you why, but now I know you're really a fan of, of the football. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, actually, it's, it's, it's two parts to that. Obviously, you know, staying home is, is huge. Uh, being able to go to the state school that, that you can represent as you move forward in your career and, and, and showcasing that there are individuals in Arkansas who actually, you know, go here and, and succeed. That was one part of it. But the other part of it was, you know, the opportunity to study engineering uh, on a full ride scholarship. A lot of individuals or people that I've come across don't know. I, I actually got a full ride scholarship to attend the University of Arkansas as a minority student in order to get my degree in, in the STEM field. And so those two coupled together, being home, being close to family, but not too far away, uh, and also just being a, a you know a natural Arkansan state, you know, just to represent my my state. Mm-hmm. And also the opportunity to, you know, that God blessed me in order to financially be able to go to a school on a scholarship to to study what I I, I envision study. So those two coupled together is why I decided on the University of Arkansas. And, you know, it, it was it was definitely a tough decision just because a lot of schools were I were looking at a lot of schools and, you know, going back and forth. Do I want to be this close to my family? And I'd rather be, you know, a little bit further, get a different experience. But I think it worked out in the best interest of, of, of what I envisioned. So. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. Yes. Yes, shout out, shout out to the Engineering Career Awareness Program at the University of Arkansas of Thomas Carter, the assistant dean, for giving me that opportunity to, to study engineering for a full ride. That, that's powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> Let, let's talk about engineering a little bit. And, and uh, that's engineering and medicine and, and measures like that are measures that many kids in our inner city communities do not know about, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody tell them uh, you are learning chemistry right now, math and physics for you to be able to use those in engineering, right? right. Uh, some people, you ask them, uh, you, you can't be an engineer. They say, oh, I have to be perfect to be an engineer, right? They don't know there are people who fell all their life who are still engineers and stuff like that. And yeah. I really believe that one of the main skills that we are known for, right? The ability to, right. to, to be able to make something out of nothing, right? right the ability right. to be able to think, uh, I, I, I call it the hustler mentality, where you can mm-hmm. make things out of nothing. That's something that you use in engineering. That's called right. emotional intelligence, right? right and right. Uh, I feel like people in the inner cities will be better successful in engineering majors, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Than, than, than the population that's there right now. But how did you realize that engineering was for you? Absolutely, man. Um, and and to, to, to answer that question directly, I think it was one of those things where I was extremely passionate about math and science. Uh, I, I, like, like, like you mentioned, a lot of people, a lot of individuals like us don't really know about engineering as much. You know, you hear about doctors, you hear about lawyers and things like that. Oh, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. But engineering was one of those, one, one of those um, 
STEM fields that were that was introduced to me in high school. And um, I think my passion for it was just learning through my teachers. They were they were like, man, you're you're good at math and science. Like, why don't you pursue this in an engineering degree um, and, and put you in a position where you can, you know, make a living and, and be successful and things like that. And so engineering was like a, a hot topic, but it, like I said, I wasn't familiar with it at all. So uh, one of the things that kind of advanced me into making that decision to engineering was I took a few classes at my high school, John L. McClellan High School in Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I was centered around my calculus teacher. I was taking like calculus two in, in, in high school and also um, my science teacher. And they basically had this engineering course that was kind of applying both of those topics. And Mm -hmm. so there was only a select students. It was like a pilot course that they did. It was called engineering technology. And so, you know, they did like a pilot class with a few students and dude, I, I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with just the overall aspect of combining math and science and trying to figure out how to solve problems like that problem solving aspect of engineering is just like man I'm ready to boil down I'm ready to get to the answer and if I don't get to the answer then what do I need to do in order to get to the answer and so yeah. just evaluating those steps man it's just an iterative process that I enjoyed at a young early age man and I was ambitioned about so that's pretty much how I got to engineering just solely being you know you know my skills and you know just the desire of learning how to be a problem solver and that coupled with you know being really extremely doing well in math and science <laughs> when did you feel like that fire was lit uh, at what age like in terms of just that that uh, pleasure of being able to solve problems to, to just thinking to yourself how can i how can i yeah man i think it didn't really it didn't really instill into me until like i was a junior in high school i think like that's when i really saw okay you know, I have the skills and tools and resources to support me, but also that, you know, I was passionate about it. I, I became passionate about it, you know, doing homework, doing different projects re- related around that. I, I know growing up, I did a lot of like science fair projects. And that's kind of like that engineering mindset where you got a problem definition, you got an issue that you're trying to fix or something that you're trying to, you know, solve. And so going from that problem definition, putting together a hypothesis, an assumption, and then going to go find what data and results can back up that assumption and hypothesis, that just whole iterative pro- that problem definition process, that set with me well, and that, that, that made me interested because I'm a person that likes to, okay, if I find an issue, I want to solve it, so I need to go and do the research that I need to do in order to make sure I get to what you know, what conclusion that I can make from it. And that started at a young age, man, like I said, uh, at eighth grade going into like high school. But like I said, I really didn't find that until like 11th grade. I was like, man, I've been doing this for so long. I've been doing this since like middle school. This is probably my niche. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you're, like, yeah. you're like, what is it? What is right. It? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is probably my niche, man. Like, so yeah, man, going back into like uh, high school days, 11th grade specifically is where I found the passion. I know exactly that feeling, what you're talking about, bro. It's just, it's not just about getting that, 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 that answer, right? It's about the journey that you have. You know that you are struggling. It's hard to figure out the answer, but you like it. It's like, wow, this is not it. Okay, let yeah. me try something else, right? Most definitely, most definitely. And just yeah. coupled with that and, and being able to work with different individuals who have like-minded, like, you know, like um, they have the same type of experience, same type of like desire to, 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 to go into that engineering aspect, but also solve problems well. So we're bouncing ideas around people. And, and I just like that teamwork uh, compatibility of like being able to solve problems as well. Definitely, definitely. So University of Arkansas is a PWI. Right. Yes. 
Yep. <laughs> how hard? Uh, how hard was it to adapt in those engineering classes? Uh, I know you were a minority in. Like, did you face any imposter syndrome? Yeah, yeah. So no, definitely. Um, it was it was a it was it was pretty challenging to adapt to it. And and specifically going back to my high school days, I went to a predominantly black high school. Um, and so there was not a lot of like, you know, Caucasian individuals, Hispanics or anything like that. It was predominantly black. Um, and so going from that high school to a college town that's predominantly white and, and even if you want to even boil it down and put a more lens on it to engineering specifically, mm-hmm. it, it was it was some tough times and obstacles that I had to face as far as like challenges. You know, and, you know, it's one of those things that you question, man, am I the smartest in the room? Like, am I the smartest in engineering? Like, there's other people smarter than me. I'm not as smart as this other individual. And then just also, there's not a lot of individuals who looked like me on campus. So how can I feel like, like I'm welcomed on campus and specifically in the College of Engineering? And so... Wow. Yeah, man. And, and I and one of the things that helped me overcome those challenges on the PWI campus is is getting involved with NSBE, National Society of Black Engineers, to kind of, you know, there's other individuals who feel like that as well. So let's become a part of a family and, and you know, let's help each other out and, and, and provide the resources and support. Uh, also, you know, obviously, pre, you know, University of Arkansas was a great school. I, I never, you know, felt any type of like, you know, racism or anything like that. And, you know, it, it, it was definitely solely just, you know, the environment knowing that there's not a lot of people that look like me and just coming from high school and accepting that. And, and that's just how it is when you when you go in, get into your career in your, the corporate world. It's, it's not going to be a lot definitely. of individuals who look like you. So Arkansas kind of helped me mold into that that individual of like, it's okay if that person doesn't look like you, but what, how do you guys connect? How do you connect with them? Like, are they reaching out to support you? Are they supporting you? Are you, are you, are you reaching out to them to kind of like share how you feel about things and just being that vulnerable person who's like keeping it real. So that was definitely my motive. (laughs) Yeah. You touched an amazing point right there. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. many, many times it's not about the school, uh, like doing this to you, like, it's not about you feeling uh, people giving you racial uh, things, right? Or right. being discriminated against. Many mm-hmm. times it's just the school being itself like not doing anything and you just coming in in this like vast sea and you have to figure out how to, how to stay afloat and don't drown, right? But what right. you said about the school taking initiative to just uh, take steps and make sure that your students has what he needs, right? right. That's, right. that's very important. Exactly, man. And and like I tell a lot of people, like you have a voice on campus, like use your voice, use your platform. Um, You're you you don't know how much powerful your voice can make and create platforms for other people and create spaces for other people to feel more comfortable. And so Nesby allowed me to do that. Uh, Different organizations on campus, engineering council and things like that allow me to do that. And also the professors that I, you know, seeked after class and just building those relationships allow me to do that. And so once I became comfortable, I'm like, okay, I need to spread this to other individuals who was in that same place of feeling like, oh, I don't know, I don't feel like I belong here. And and let's kind of make you feel comfortable and bring you in because like everybody goes through that phase. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) So talking about adaptation uh, from from college to going to to Accenture, starting your first job, what was those first days uh, like uh, just in your big corporate job, uh, just Dude. knowing where you came from and how hard it was to get there? What was that feeling like? Man, it was, it, it was, a, it was a combination of like relief because like 
I feel like, man, I graduated college and now I'm in the real world. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm like this, you know, I'm like this, this, this fish in the ocean. So I'm like, oh, it's about to be so much like water holes. I'm about to like, yeah. it's like all the information that they were pouring into me once I joined Accenture. I'm like, wait, how, how does this operate? Like, what do I need to do? Like, how do I get on projects and things like that? So it was just like, I had to quickly adapt, like you mentioned, uh, to working in, you know, working now and not being, you know, from that schedule of like, college classes breaks in between here and there and actually being a responsible individual I tell people all the time like I think the biggest thing from college is not necessarily like the classes and how hard it is it it teaches you responsibility it teaches you how to grow up and you know be a responsible individual in your career and that that way you know you're not micromanaged or anything like that that responsibility key piece of you know they're putting you on a dorm campus and you're staying on this campus, no parents, no, no nothing like that, but you have the supportive resources that you can take the initiative to take advantage of. And so going from college to, you know, the real world was just like a different perspective. And I think I adapted pretty well to it, but obviously mm-hmm. I had to kind of reach out, take that initiative, reach out to other people like, hey, how did you do this? Like, how did you maneuver through this? Who I need to connect with in order to get where I want to be, whether that's on a specific project, whether that's in a specific field or doing the type of work that I want to do. So taking that initiative as well and, and, and having that sense of responsibility. That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask you that exactly. Like, how did you adapt? Because I know coming from Little Rock, Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. You have been go- You have been in rooms where you were not ready like, to be in it, right? Because oh, of yeah. the work that you did before, you, they brought you in the rooms and you are not ready. And you have right. to figure out how to adapt and make sure you find a place for yourself in those rooms. Yes, right? definitely, man. Definitely. Just step big on that that adaptive piece i know you know change is one of those things that happens all the time so you're changing from high school to college that was a different change college to the real world that was a change you know what i mean so it's just like one of those things that change is is inevitable it always happens and so you have definitely. to be ready for it and adapt to it <laughs> definitely definitely that's exactly right one of the questions that i've been reflecting on recently like mainly because of 2020 right but yeah. it's something that keeps coming in my mind it's a very hard question and i really feel like many people in this world try to escape it and not think about the question because it's a hard question to ask yourself mm-hmm. and the question is like society really uh pushes us into believing what it thinks success is right pushing into believing that career job position is more important than the legacy we're trying to leave mm-hmm. right? right but right. the legacy I really feel like using the legacy that you're trying to live in this world to guide your journey, right, to, to mm-hmm. whatever you want to do in life, it really something that can help you. But figuring that out, right, and knowing right. the kind of work you have to do to get there is really hard. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, have you thought about that question, just uh, job position versus legacy, and how has you been lo- using your legacy to guide uh, the journey you're trying to have in this world? That's a good question, man. That that's that's definitely a good question. I can get some some thought to it. Uh, I think, you know, my legacy and what I want to leave here on this world, you know, is to be that individual who, you know, went out of their way to to help people. Um, obviously, that was one of my motives with joining Accenture was helping clients, helping 
um, them move to be more sustainable, helping them, you know, whatever they need to do, solve that issue with problem solving, but also it's just go, it just boils down to helping people in general. And so even from like work, outside things that I like to do, uh, which is like, you know, working out, helping people, you know, move towards their fitness goals and things like that. So that whole legacy behind me is just like, man, he was an individual who just loved to help people. He just loved being around people and things like that. And I think trying to, you know, people's legacy always thinks like, oh, I was a CEO or oh, I was in this position. So I got all this fame and things like that. No, your legacy is what makes you happy and what you're satisfied with. And, and a lot of times, like when I talk to people, I ask them, you know, a couple of questions. I ask them, you know, why do you get out of bed every morning? Mm. You know, what's your, what's your purpose of getting out of bed? Like, is it to just, you know, work this job, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's it. You're satisfied because that, that's cool. I'm not knocking that at all, but what, what, what are you going to do next to go to that next, what are you going to do to go to that next, you know, that next level? And so mine's is helping people. So I outside of like work and you know what I get paid to do, I like to do the same things. I like to, to kind of help people, you know, maneuver through their career, mentorship, um, being involved and, and doing these things that the little things that they go overlook, but it goes a long way. And that makes me happy inside just because that's my legacy. I know, you know, when I leave this earth, a lot of people will be like, man, he helped me out. He helped me get to this position. He helped me, you know, discover who I am during a, a hard time like 2020. And those types of things value is, is what I value as a person. Uh, it, it, uh, it don't have to be no money related, anything like that. I'm, I'm, it's just the, the, the goodness in doing good for people and helping them get to where they want to be in life. That satisfies me the most. And that's my legacy, man. <laughs> that's powerful, bro. Man, yeah. that's powerful. That's, that's, a great, that's a great answer. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned earlier is your work that you have been doing in terms of leading the development part of just getting, uh, making, uh, I guess, the workforce at Accenture more diverse, right? Mm -hmm. Going out there and recruiting the right people, right? right. But also mm -hmm. making sure that you have representation uh, in, this, in, this, uh, in the company, right? right. How, right. What, what have been some challenges that you have been facing uh, with that work? Yeah, man. So... The challenges are is you know coming from that you know having that ind lens and developing the program uh for you know what it needs to look like and how can we move towards like being more diverse as a company and just you know and as a program in general i think just comes from obviously you know top-down leadership and i feel like um 2020 has put a, an emphasis on being diverse and getting rid of that racial discrimination and you know I think at my position, you know, obviously I don't have those type of, you know, executive decisions to say, oh, we're going to we're going to install a, a training for everybody to do. But I think I do have a voice within that. And so my voice is to the CDP program is, you know, what can we do to support you all to, to make sure that we're working as one Accenture and not these, you know, different silos and different, you know, forming different groups. And we're all together as one, not only at Accenture, but just in the, in the regular activities and days, daily things that I do. Like I'm all about inclusion and diversity. And I'm like, I want to understand somebody else's culture, just like they want to understand my culture. And I think Definitely. that, yeah, that, that, that both that cooperative type of environment allows for people to really be instilled in what your culture is all about and vice versa. And so, um, so when people ask me like, you know, how can I be an ally? How can I do these things? Well, you know, part of that is just you reaching out to me asking how you can be an ally. 
that's mm-hmm. that's what I, that's an identifying factor where I'm like, okay, I see that you 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 were you are supporting me, but also you're you're taking an initiative to ask me what can I do during times like where 2020 has been with George mm-hmm. Floyd and whatnot to be an ally, and so. Mm-hmm. Developing things around, you know, just training, uh, having different like candid talks, candid conversations around, you know, how can you be more comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable is, you know, what I'm all about and what, how can we actually drive to towards being, you know, more diverse and more inclusive and, 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 you know, valuing everybody's opinion and 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 how can we come together and that that's a huge part of like what I do day to day um, in, in a specific role that I'm in. Definitely, bro. That's embracing, amazing. Yeah, man. That's, embracing embracing everyone's culture is, is is one of those things. Like, just not only Black culture, but just you know, Caucasians, like Hispanics, like learning about uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. You know, wh- you know, all those type of ethnicities and things like that. Definitely, bro. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, yes. I I have so many questions, but the time is running out. <laughs> but thank you, thank you thank you so much for the time I, I know you've been hustling hard these past few years and i'm really rooting for you no definitely mamadou uh and i appreciate you for this opportunity man let's stay connected uh you're an awesome individual i love the, the type of work that you're doing right here man and it's 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 so powerful to see you know an individual like yourself uh creating a platform like this you know because there's you know several podcasts that that are out here but i think you know one thing you're highlighting is individuals who uh are in you know going from their childhood development to like where they are in their careers right now and man i saw it just just know like i I am watching the things that you're doing so continue to strive great and be great man thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you feel like this episode has helped you in any way share it with a friend family or loved one before you leave make sure to subscribe for more